Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. And what a week it was for Sahit Tagala picking up his first PGA Tour win in 74 starts. And I believe we got it right. You picked it. Shout out to you. Let's go. Props on that. And it just goes to show if you just keep saying over and over, this guy's going to win. It's only a matter of time. You could just do it for a year, year and a half, six months, whatever. Eventually, you're like, see, told you. And that's what happened with Sahit. Impressive performance because his, you know, Fortnite up there in Napa, it's like a it's a tight little golf course. People say you need to drive it straight. It comes down to the putter. Well, like he never hit more than seven fairways in any round. He putted the shit out of it the entire week. I think he picked up eight strokes on the field, uh, just on the greens, but like on and around the greens, that dude is special. Mm -hmm. Special. And this thing was a I mean, to get it done like that, it shows up as a two shot win. That thing was never in doubt. He cruised home and it was a convincing way to get it done for the first time. Yeah, so happy for him. One of the most Liked guys out on the PGA yeah. Tour. No one has ever said a bad word about him. Watching his dad go nuts out there. He had 35 friends and family in attendance out there cheering him on. Really cool, man. So happy for him. That was a popular win. Uh, but Sleaze, good news is, a week from today, oh boy, we will be in Rome for the Ryder Cup. Cannot wait to get there. We're rocking our polo gear. We got a special episode coming from over there. Can't wait to get there. It's creeping up. It's finally here. We've been talking about it for forever. We are headed over very soon, and we're going to be looking good when we get there because the RLX golf collection draws inspiration from the traditional aesthetic of polo, updating it to create a modern sensibility focused on performance driven design from sophisticated styles to the most technologically advanced fabrics available. RLX golf is the ultimate in functional luxury and provides pieces that are ready for whatever the conditions bring on the course or off. Ralph Lauren is the official outfitter of the United States Ryder cup team and partner of the AJGA. Ralph Lauren is proud to continue its sponsorship of golf ambassadors, Andrea Lee, Billy Horschel, Davis Love III, Devin Bling, Doc Redmond, Jonathan Bird, Nick Watney, Sean Foley, Smiley Kaufman, Todd Anderson, Tom Watson, Trevor Werblow, Troy Taylor III, Tyler Strafacci, and Captain Zach Johnson. The RLX Golf Collection is available in select Ralph Lauren stores, exclusive private clubs and resorts, and online at ralphlauren.com. Go get yourself something, get some for some friends, for some family. It's a good time to look good. Get that red, white, and blue and have it even if you're sitting oh, on your it's, couch it's back gonna, home in America. Support the squad. It's coming. Cannot wait to get over there. Also, very excited to tell you that Subpar has officially moved to its very own brand new YouTube page. Make sure to go subscribe at golf underscore subpar on YouTube and check out this week's full video interview with our man, Turtle Jerry Ferreira. Once again, like, subscribe, and set alerts to the new Subpar YouTube channel because that is where all the new episodes will be from now on, and we'll start taking you outside of the podcast studio with us too. See you there. Also, all of our podcast audio will be where you normally find them as well. But go check out that YouTube page in this episode this week. I mean, this one of the greatest the shows of our generation. Absolutely obsessed with Entourage. Watched it all the way through at least six times throughout my life, and we got one of the main man, Turtle Jerry Ferreira, joining us. Huge sports fan. Uh, yeah. Huge starred golf in fan. Arguably the greatest dude show in the history of dude shows. And one of the first, by the way, back in the golden era. Uh, it's fun to sit down and talk with him. This dude's a stud. And this one's like the behind the scenes entourage. I, I could do it. We could have had him for, I wish we had him for three hours. All right. Well, let's get to it. Here's Jerry Ferrara on subpar. All right. What a dude we have with us here today. He starred in one of the biggest shows, possibly the greatest show. In the history of television, he's a New York sports fanatic as well as a huge golf fan. You know him as Turtle, but his government name, Jerry Ferrara, is here. Jerry, great to have you, bud. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, you know, Colt and I will discuss a bet is a bet. I pay my bets, but, you know, I'm a fan of you guys, so I, we didn't need a bet to make this happen. Well, I appreciate it, and you are a man of your word. We had a nice little bet on the Giants-Cowboys 
first game of the season where I'll be honest, it uh, it got out of hand rather quickly. Yeah, it's like it's like Anchorman. It's like, wow, that escalated pretty quick. <laughs> it's like, Rick, you killed the guy. That's what it felt like by halftime of that game. Uh, yeah, I think I conceded the bet before halftime. I think I texted you like, what time are we doing the pod yeah. with like four yeah, minutes first, to go? Yeah, right at the end of the first quarter, it's like, uh, you just tell me what day and time. This thing's <laughs> over. <laughs> he texted me the bet in the middle of the game. He's like, I got a bet. Jerry's going to come on if they lose. I was like, I hate, I don't, I hate the Cowboys. I don't care about the Cowboys. But I was like, today I'm a Cowboy. And now here it is. So good to have you. Yeah, we, we started this Giants-Cowboys tradition many years ago. And I feel like I won the first two because it was right when Jerry World opened up the last time mm. I think the Giants won there. And then Eli like signed the wall. And then I don't think the Giants have won there since he signed that. So they got to go like excavate that wall, I think, to turn the tides. Bad karma autographing the new stadium. By the way, I was at that game. That was that was a tough one. It was an unbelievable game. But um, we've had some nice battles over the years. Been a little one-sided lately, but your Giants got a win yesterday. Big, big deal big one. against the Arizona Cardinals, the powerhouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you see, you had to slide that in. You had to slide the powerhouse <laughs> comment in. And, you know, you 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 guys, you know, talk to golfers all the time. Like, is there a such thing as a bad win in any professional sport? Could we really look at that Giants win as like, all right, don't get too excited. Same thing with golf. Could you really win a tournament even with your C-plus game and say, wow, that was a really bad tournament? But you won, but that was bad. I'm with you on this, especially professional sports level. It's like uh, all these guys are really freaking good. Um, a win is a win. Yeah, it's like, all right, like people say, oh, look, a college team could beat the Cardinals. Really? No. Go get Alabama. Go get Texas, <laughs> Colorado, no. whoever. Strap them up, and the Cardinals win 40 to 10 probably. Easily. Yeah, without question. There's no, Especially in pro sports, like you said, there's no such thing. You take the positive, like, look, we found a way. We didn't have our best stuff. We grinded it out. We got a dub. We put it in the column. That's how you spin all this. Even though you look for a while, I was like, are, I mean, are the Cardinals just really good or are the Giants just awful? Yeah, and everyone wants to blame the Giants quarterback. I get it. It's what happens in New York. Uh, that's why I got respect for any athlete that goes through New York because half the city loves Daniel Jones and the other half of the city can't like just wants to talk about how much money he's making and for the play. So I think it was a huge bounce back for sure. Uh, to, because New York media is just it's a it's a different level. I mean, there is nothing like it. I mean, that's one reason why like. Aaron Rodgers was like, does he really want to go deal with all that, even though he got hurt, which sucked. But what's it like being up there in New York? I mean, what's sports radio like up in New York for y'all right now? Oh, well, you know, coming into the football season, forget it. it before the Rodgers injury, and obviously there was a lot of Giants hope, it was probably the most talked about football season in years. Because it's the tricky thing, guys. I keep saying, like, it's two, two sports cities. It's such a weird place, whether it's L.A., New York, uh, you know, Florida has a bunch of teams and it's a big state. And it's weird that it's just such a city because I grew up hating the Jets. There's no rivalry between the Giants Jets really at all, but it's the two teams in one city. So this is the first year both teams are expected to be good. Jets are supposed to be really good. And then it gets interrupted with that with that terrible injury. But it's awesome. It's like the best time ever to be on New York sports radio. And also the Knicks are relevant again and decent and good, which is like, forget the world's going to end now that the Knicks are good. New York's going to New York fans are just like their heads are on fire. Yeah, I know you're you're diehard Giants guy, but I did see you at a Knicks game, I believe, postseason last year with Aaron Rodgers. I think Sauce Gardner was there. Are you morphing into like, can you as a New Yorker, can you root for both? Is that even allowed? 
You know, that's a great question. And it's actually something I discussed on, on my YouTube live because I, I, I was, this was the first year ever. Like I said, I grew up hating the Jets, but I love Rodgers. I've loved Rodgers before he came to New York, big fan. And then sitting there at that Knicks playoff game, watching it with him, essentially getting to know him a little bit. And the Knicks won and he seemed so happy to be in New York. I was happy for him just as a person. Like, hey, you seem to have made a good life choice for yourself. And then seeing Sauce Gardner stand up, it's like, wow, you're actually taller. I know Aaron Rodgers is like 6'2". He's taller than Rodgers and you're a corner. I'm like, this team's going to be good. And then the hard knocks thing, I think they saved hard knocks. Hard knocks definitely got a little stale. And I think the Jets kind of brought it back. So uh, I wouldn't say I was rooting for the Jets, but that's why I needed like a sports intervention. Like, is it okay for me to not hate this team was as far as I can go. I don't hate the Jets this year. Have you heard Aaron Rodgers' latest kind of myth about how to heal his body? The, the remedy. It's good. Look, I, and, if it, and if it works, we're all, everyone's going to be doing it. I mean, I think he was kidding, but uh, I don't know. Maybe if he wasn't, whatever gets him back on the field. I, I think it's crazy that talks of January, that would be the most historic athletic achievement, I feel like, of all time. From an Achilles? Well, for- yeah, no. And they got to get to so. January 1st, too. Yes, they do. Way, and with Zach Wilson, I don't think so. But for those that don't know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers has claimed that listening to the sound of dolphins making love is therapeutic to the body. Yeah. Banging dolphins fixes anything. And if that happens, and if he comes back mid-January and wins a playoff game, everyone's <laughs> going to be out there by the ocean. Malibu real estate's going to go through the roof. And uh, that's going to be an answer to all our problems. Oh, that's incredible. It's so funny. I'm just like, I love him so much. He's so weird, but it's just, I'm fascinated with the guy at the same time. If you're going to rank the New York sports, like as far as like what people freak out or what people care the most about, I mean, is it, is it Giants? Is it Knicks, Yankees? Like, how does it go? In my opinion, I think it's, it's basketball and the Knicks first, uh, partly because it's just such a starved fan base. The Knicks have been bad for so long. You know, last finals appearance was 1994. They only have three playoff appearances in like the last 10 years. So, and it's a basketball city. A lot of great point guards have come out of New York. Basketball has always been like when the Knicks are good, New York sports conversations are so much fun. And it's usually spring playoff basketball. People are out in their t-shirts. You just feel the energy. It's different. So I would say basketball first. I want to just, I want to say football, but I think at one point it was baseball because obviously the Yankees are such a staple and the Mets have been had, you know, had made World Series and have good runs. But I go basketball at the Knicks, football, and then uh, baseball, and then can't forget about hockey. But yeah, hockey comes in fourth. The only time I've been to the Garden was for a New York Rangers game, and it was How? incredible. It, it was an eleven round shootout against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll never forget it. So I was a big hockey fan as a kid. Rangers win the cup in '94, and then the very I'm like 13 years old. And the next year they lock the players out. So here we have this aging team with Messier and mm. Graves and Richter. And then here let's lock the team out. So I got mad at hockey for a while. Hadn't been to a game in years. Bunch of Knicks games. Obviously, I love going and sitting courtside at the Knicks game. It's the best achievement of my career. You could talk Entourage, Power, any movie I did. The <laughs> fact that I get to sit courtside occasionally at the Knicks game is the greatest thing I've ever accomplished in my career. That being said, Colt, like you go, I went to a Ranger game a couple of years ago. That's just a party. Whether they're good or bad, hockey environment at the Garden, it's just a straight party. So great viewing experience, even if you're like a so-so hockey fan. Yeah, and the Knicks, I feel like, for you personally, as a New York sports fan, Knicks, it's just been so long. And, like, that's the mecca. I mean, the garden, like, they should people should be free agents going there. You get them too late. You get them too early, whatever it is. Like, they just haven't hit on anything they've done. And it, 
it sucks because it's fun when the Knicks are good, whether you love them or hate them. Yeah, like I said, and also it's a fan base that is very knowledgeable, or at least they think they're knowledgeable about basketball, but also they are just starved for a winner. I mean, that 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 game I sat next to Rodgers, that was game two, second round. I'd never been to a playoff game. I've been going to Knicks games since I'm 12 years old, and I either couldn't afford the tickets or they were never in the playoffs. So that was my first playoff game. I'm 43 years old. Give me your personal top three Knicks of all time. Ooh. Okay, uh, Ewing is my number one because those 90s teams, like I said, that, those are my formative basketball years. Last time the Knicks were in the final. I remember watching, I think it was game two of the finals, and they broke in uh, the telecast with the OJ White Bronco chase. And then that was actually the big picture, and then the finals was in the little picture. So I go Ewing is one. Uh, John Starks is two, so I have to give those two for the 90s. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it a little relevant. I mean, he's only been a Nick for one year. But damn, if I'm not loving me some Jalen Brunson right now. So I'll, I'm going early. I'm proclaiming him number three early. Wow. I'm of a Maver- all the Knicks all time, Jalen Brunson. I'm a Maverick fan. Wow. That one stung. I loved him. Well, I, And look, I get it. They should have figured out a way to make it work. And he was coming off the bench playing off ball, which is why I was excited. And everybody likes to count pro athletes money. And right away, Jalen Brunson's getting paid too much money. How could you give him all that money? I'm like, the dude was coming off the bench playing off ball with Luca. We've seen him with the ball in his hands when Luca was out dueling against Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs and winning and putting up 38. So uh, now that's one of the best contracts in all of basketball. Oh, he's so good. He's so fun to watch. And by the way, I hated John Starks because I was a Bulls fan, just like because I was an MJ guy. So obviously right. hated John Starks. Starks was but a it seems like, pit bull. I mean, I know you're, you're you're married, kids now and everything, but it seems like, I mean, you're you're about as big a sports fan as I can I've ever been around. I mean, you know every the inside and out of every sport. I I used to know a whole lot more. Colt, uh, fatherhood as deaf. Let's see. I'm gonna tell you the things I had to give up having two young kids. Uh, <laughs> UFC and boxing gone because that and that also starts at like eleven o'clock at night. It's gone. Wipe it off. Uh, college football never really had a team either. Growing up in New York, there's no college football team. Moved to LA when I'm 20. I couldn't get into the UCLA USC culture of things. Didn't go to a big time school, obviously, uh, or any college really for that matter. So I gave up college football other than some betting. Don't really watch. And then I would say baseball's taking a little bit of a backseat because that's just summer with the kids. So, but basketball, football, and golf, actually, I'd put there as my third. Those are the three things I just, I will die on those hills. I'm not giving them up. I don't care if we have 10 more kids, which that is not happening. <laughs> don't stop don't stop you're only one man dude you, that's the thing when you have kids something's got to go there's a pie is only so big there's only so many slices those pie yeah, that, those slices get chopped up quick that's why i saw some story last year oh philip rivers was ready to play for the niners if they got to the super bowl i'm like wait a minute that yeah. dude's got 10 kids mm-hmm. i just don't know i guess 10. he's super rich so he can i afford nannies and all that but 10 kids that's just insane yeah, he's got a starting defense inside yeah. his house. Yeah, it's incredible. Him and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick got eight. He's got eight. I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy. You mentioned golf in New York. We're heading over to the Ryder Cup next week over in Rome. But come 2025, the Ryder Cup's coming to Bethpage up in New York. I'm so pumped for that because I've played there in the playoffs. Those fans are insane up there. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, New York fans, we talk about, of course, Knicks, Giants, all that stuff. But New York, which oddly enough, because you think the city, where the heck does everybody go to play golf? But there's a there's great golf culture in New York. Those fans turn out, you know, whether it's like U.S. Open at Shinnecock, which I went to. Like, if it's somewhere in New York, they'll find a way to get there. That's going to be insane. I mean, I'm excited for this year, of course. And it's been a lot. I'm excited for you guys getting to go. That's insane. Ryder Cup is was really also one of my first, when I started getting into golf, Obviously, Tiger was a big part of that, but the Ryder Cup really is what got me into it. I love the team aspect of golf. I think it's, I think it's a cool way to watch, especially if you're a casual fan. I'm a super fan. Uh, but yeah, Beth Page, I mean, that's famous for me because even when I started golfing as a teenager here and there, it's like you don't even walk on Beth Page. Just that's not, that's just not for you. That famous sign, like this is not a course for amateurs. I mean, it's it's gonna play great for a Ryder Cup. I want to tell you about a new partnership with Rad Golf. If you're a single-digit handicapper, a pro, a weekend hack, whatever, this company is for you. They've got a sleek product line that includes high-quality Bluetooth speakers, GPS watches, handheld devices, and first-of-its-kind Laser Pro rangefinder that all work in tandem with each other and easy to use. The popular Sound Plus speaker features visual distance display, audible score, record, and game-changing heckle sounds. We got Ooh, fart like noises. Whoopee cushions, all kinds, air horns. Who's the voiceover for the fart noises, I wonder? I don't know, but I definitely highly recommend it. It makes a lot of fun, and that's what this company is all about. All about having fun on the golf course. These speakers are incredible. You can pair two together, get really loud. 12-hour battery life, which is fantastic. Um, tells you your yardage. You can keep all your stats, whatever you want. All in one. Speakers, GPS, watches, all the things golfers love. Go get after that right now. I'll tell you some good news, too. They got coming this yeah. Laser Pro rangefinder. Yeah. It's coming soon. It has a GPS device in it, so when you lose it, you can go find it. That's helpful. Yes, That's huge. But I highly recommend go check out all their products. We're going to give you 15% off your purchase site-wide at radgolf.com. Use code SUBPAR, and you get 15% off. It's a golf and lifestyle brand with a lot of buzz already brewing. Lots of guys we know on both tours have been involved with the Rad team since its inception, and you're going to be seeing and hearing a lot more about this brand in coming weeks and months as more products hit the market. Once again, go to radgolf.com. Use code SUBPAR for 15% off. Have some fun with Rad Golf. Where do you get your golf in? Up in New York. There's so many good ones. It's a little bit of a drive from the city, but where do you like to go? So I grew up in uh, Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, which I don't know if anyone listening is familiar with that area. There is a there is a public course that's one of the most played public courses in the world, not because it's some amazing course, but it's called Diker Beach Golf Course. It's right by the water over there. The famous story is like Tiger used to or his dad used to play it because there's an army base right there back when his dad was. An, so people try and claim that as like a Tiger course. But yeah, you have to drive out to Westchester. Jersey. Those are just some of the plays. Luckily, some of my friends belong to some nice clubs out there. Kevin Dillon actually has taken me to Wingfoot before. His family's been a part of Wingfoot forever. His dad used to coach the Fordham golf team. He's the one who got me into golf really as an adult. It was Kevin Dillon, aka Johnny Drama. So uh, it's really Westchester and Jersey for me. I don't really have the Liberty National card that I can call anytime uh, to go out over there. Also, one of the best scenes in all of Entourage on the golf course with Kevin yes. and Tom Brady when he breaks the driver. That's just, that's all time. That is one of the things I, I think I get asked about the most. And that was just such a crazy episode because initially that episode with Brady and Wahlberg was supposed to be Eli and Peyton Manning. And they had called our creator to be on the show. It was a, like they came to us and Doug writes the episode. So it was going to be 
Vince and Drama versus Peyton and Eli, the brother matchup, brother versus brother. And then like two, three weeks before we get a call, it's like, oh yeah, they, they, the Mannings can't do it. It's like, what we wrote a whole episode, we're shooting it in three weeks. So this is where having Wahlberg as your executive producer is huge because word gets back to him and he comes into the office and is like, should I call Tom? And we're like, who, Tom, who, Tom and Jerry, who are you talking about, dude? <laughs> He's like, Brady. And everyone's looking at you like, uh, yeah, why don't you give him a call? And within two weeks, he and Brady are on set. And uh, Doug rewrote that episode. I helped him out with the Tom Brady sucks balls line a little bit. And that's how that whole episode <laughs> happened. God, that's awesome. God, Peyton and Eli, someone needs to bring that up on the Manning cast. The way they ducked that thing almost blew up the whole episode. Yeah, I don't Little think divas. I'll be a guest on the Manning cast because if I'm on there, I'm talking about that. So they probably won't have Air me them on. out. Yeah. Air them out. All yeah. right, now we're getting into some entourage. Well, like, I, I, real quick, though, I want to know, what, what's the golf game like right now? I mean, I know you don't get to play a ton, but what, what kind of like handicap are we working with? I'm, I'm a 13 handicap. I've put on a few pounds and I've put on a few strokes since since uh, my second child was born. I think I've gained eight pounds and I've gained two strokes. I got as low as about an 11, starting to scratch the surface of single digit. Uh, really good short game. Get me around the greens. I'm not going to screw you over. Off the tee, look out. Look out. Well, to be fair, you Danger. lost, by the way, you lost like 60 pounds. So you, it's okay to gain back eight. True, but uh, I don't. I'm more. I'm more worried about the two gain strokes on the handicap than I am. Although it helps for scrambles and dumb events that uh, people invite me to. Um, yeah, off the tee, it's just awful. It's terrible. I, I'm well. We'll work on that. I, help. I, I might still help out with my end of the bet if I would have lost that little Callaway driver. I might ship your way. We'll we'll, well, work, we'll work on that. Yeah, my end of the bet was going to be you got to send me uh, a paradigm or something because I refuse to buy another driver because I have like five and it's not the driver, it's the player. So I refuse to spend any more money on drivers. I was hoping to get a free one from you. This one this one will help you out, no doubt about it. And you mentioned you, you, you watch a lot of golf. Give me a couple of your favorite guys to follow. I mean, I'm a big Max Homa guy, always have been. Uh, I, I also like you know, because it's so early in the year when they do that West Coast swing and usually plays so well. So that's someone even like on a betting level, I'd love to kind of hit early. Uh, obviously, like the legends, like I, Tiger and Phil, of course. But, you know, I've been rooting for JT this year. I know it was like an up and down year. I'm happy he's going to be on the Ryder Cup. That's someone I've always watched, like the JT speed connection. That was a lot of my formative years too, watching golf. And uh, Morikawa, one of my guys. I like it. I know you Easy know this is all team. You it's all USA guys. I'm already gearing yeah. up for the Ryder Cup. Smart, yeah. This will air before the Ryder Cup, so good. Keep it all US. And you had a little uh, Phil made a cameo on Entourage. How was Phil's acting skills, in your opinion? Phil's acting skills were good, and there's actually a funny story with that too. The year before on the show, uh, we cracked a joke about Phil. There, there was one of the lines in. Um, in the Yom Kippur episode when Ari's not allowed to use his phone and we're trying to get the Medellin movie made or whatever. And Ari says to one of the, I think to his wife, it says, the guy's melting down worse than Phil Mickelson at winged foot, right? So yes. obviously shots fired. So Kevin Dillon and I are actually out in San Diego. I think we're playing the farm or some course that Phil plays at and Phil was there. So we're finishing our round. Phil's coming in. And I, I think it was Kevin Dillon who like walked up to him and was like, hey, Phil, Kevin Dillon in intros and said, you should come do a cameo on the show. And I think he said, like, sorry, we made that joke about you. And Phil, to his credit, was like, no, I thought it was hysterical. I, 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 he's like, I, I watched the show. It didn't bother me at all. I'll definitely come on. And within a few weeks, it was put together and, and he came on the show. It couldn't have been nicer. 
and happy to be there. And we even got to play a few holes, watched him hit like a 320 yard stinger. That was 10 feet off the ground the whole time uh, at a Trump course in LA. And uh, yeah, he, he was awesome. And last thing too, Kevin Dillon's father, who was the golf coach is also a portrait painter. I think he did a portrait of Mickelson that he gave to Phil that Phil has in his house and painted him righty by accident. But Phil kept it because he thinks it's a great, he's like, it's a great talking point. People come see it and they're like, wait a minute, what's wrong with this photo? It's like, yeah, I'm a righty. Wow. That's really cool. That's awesome. Well, we got, I mean, we got to talk a lot about Entourage, obviously. It's one of our favorite shows. I think I've rewatched it all the way through five, six Once times. a year for forever. It's it's incredible. But talk about going and auditioning for that. Like, what were your thoughts going in? Like, when what was it like when you got the call? Like, you're actually going to be a massive part of this. So, you know, things were obviously done a lot different back then. You, you still used to go have to test for the network, they call it, right? So after 20 auditions sort of locally throughout LA where it's really with Doug and, and Steve Levinson, the other producer, they make basically three choices for each role. And then you show up to HBO, they have this little theater where the network executives sit. And then it's, it's, it's like hunger games. It's like, all right. And you're sitting here, you see like, all right, here are all the turtles and there's all the E character. And they're all, oh, those guys are all handsome over there. Those are all the Vince's over there. And they just mix and match you all day. But they're also sending people home. They're like, all right, you could go. It's like, shoot, that guy didn't get it. So eventually, it's like a four-hour day. I was kind of blowing it. The, the, I really felt like I was off and didn't know why. Maybe I was nervous. And then Wahlberg comes out of that theater. And I had never met Wahlberg to this point. I was working at Boston Market at this point. Like I, I didn't meet Wahlberg. And he, he's like motioning for someone to come over here. And I am finally did the like me. And I walk over. And I'm like kind of nervous. Like, well, what's this guy going to say to me? And he leans in and he kind of tells me, you know, look, I watched all your tapes from a few weeks back. Like, you're great, but you're kind of blowing it right now. He laid it out to me just like that. He said, you know, those moments that everyone talks about, like, this is the time. This is the time. Like, you need to go in there and step it up. It's like slipping out of your fingers right now. And it was the most sobering cup of coffee almost. I Like, from that moment on, I just got hype and I went in there and they paired me up with Kevin Connolly who ended up playing E and we did a really good scene. It's like the Olympics almost. You're getting brought in to compete. And finally, four hours later, they called me, Connolly, Dylan, and there was another actor because Adrian who played Vince wasn't there in the test. And it was the four of us, last men standing and they send us home and you still don't know the parts yours. You still are waiting. And I remember I pulled up to a 7-Eleven. I got a giant big gulp and I'm sitting in my car just like, what I, what's going to happen? And I got the call from Doug Ellen. I was like, you got the part. We shoot in two weeks. Congratulations. And I still kept my job at the restaurant because I didn't believe that it was real. <laughs> I didn't quit till after we shot the pilot. No shit. Way to sack up in the moment. Way to sack up in the moment. Big time players make big time plays. Did you know going to like the audition process? It was I, I had no idea it was like that elaborate that long. Did you know? when you like started audition for this role, like this is a career defining show that's about to happen. Or was it just like anything else? Like maybe this thing hits, maybe it doesn't. So look at that point too, you got to remember you shoot the pilot. Then the next hurdle is you wait three or four months to find out at least back then before Netflix and all this, are they going to pick it up to series? They shoot so they shoot four or five pilots a year that no one ever sees the light of day. It's just a DVD sitting on someone's shelf. I know a lot of actors who've been in a lot of pilots that never saw the light of day. So there's always that threat. But you got to remember HBO at that point, it was Sopranos was still fresh and new. 
Sex in the City, Oz, like it was it was on the come up. It wasn't the HBO we know today with Game of Thrones and Succession and all that. It was still on the come up. So I did think it would be a, a big game changer, but no, I didn't think it was going to be a hundred episodes and a movie and and pretty much my entire life from 23 to 35. All right, before we get back to Jerry, just a quick reminder for everyone listening, we have launched our own YouTube page. That is golf underscore subpar. You can catch all the episodes there. We're also going to have some behind-the-scenes footage, especially for the upcoming Ryder Cup in Rome. Like, subscribe if you like it. We love you. You're the best listeners in the world. Let's get you back to Jerry Farrar. How much did life change? Obviously, once Entourage became extremely, extremely popular, Like, at what point did you be like, okay, my life's changed now. Anywhere I go, everybody knows who I am. I tell you, it didn't happen after the first season. The first season aired and, you know, we critically, we did good. I think we got nominated for like an Emmy and the ratings weren't good. If we were on a network, they would have canceled us. But that was also the good thing about being on HBO back then. If they believed in the show, even if the ratings weren't great out of the gate, they give you a shot. So it wasn't until it's funny how you remember these things. Season one ends. Fortunately, we get picked up for season two. We're just starting to shoot season two. And it was like the inception of On Demand. You remember HBO On Demand when that first came out? More people, I think, watched Entourage when it was off the air after season one than when it was on the air. All the college kids went back to school at the end of that summer and banged out the whole show in like a week. And it went from no one really knew who we were season one to season two. We're shooting on Sunset Boulevard, walking, doing our famous walk and talk. And there was like car accidents of people just watching us walk across the street. So. Season one, not so much. It was probably like halfway through shooting season two. It's like, I think we got something here. Was that was there like a gotcha moment where you knew like, I'm going to be called or known as Turtle for the rest of my life? Because there's a certain characters in other movies too where like you see the guy you're like, oh, that's, name it, Stifler, right? Like he's going to be him for forever. And it's awesome because that means you had a huge role. But like, was there a moment where you knew this is going to stick for forever? Uh, that big? Yeah, I would say we did a episode in Vegas. I don't know if you guys remember it off the top of your heads with Seth Green ended up getting into a fight. And yeah. there was a scene where my character um, is like judging some strip stripper content, whatever you want to call it back then. And, uh, you know, again, like I said, it's season two. So we think we have something we don't know. I come walking out to shoot the scene and there's like 400 people in the pool at what I think we were at. Uh, Palm. I don't even remember what hotel we were shooting at. And I walk out and I'm walking to set and 400 people are just going like, turtle, turtle, just screaming. I'm like, wow, we paid all these extras to do this. This is kind of dope. And they're like, no, <laughs> these are people who are just watching us film. And they weren't shouting Jerry. They weren't shouting Entourage. They were shouting turtle. So that was the first inclination that uh, this is going to be a thing. I got to ask you, one of my favorite characters, obviously, Jeremy Piven is Ari. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. How did you not just like break out laughing all the time when, when he'd go on some of his rants? I mean, we did. There was quite there, you know, every year at, at like the rap party when this when you're done shooting, they show a gag reel. All those times when you break character oh. and you so every year you go to the rap party, you have some drinks and you're hanging out. And then my favorite part was always when they roll the gag reel out. And most of it was guys breaking character and ruining takes because they're laughing at Piven because he was just I mean. If you equate it to like an athletic performance, that dude, you know, he wasn't a rookie coming in, but he came in and just immediate all-star game, made the all-star game right off the rip. And uh, he won three straight Emmys. 
He three peated yeah. at the Emmys, which I don't I don't know how many people have done that. So uh yeah, he's absolutely hilarious. Like perfect character, perfect writing for him with his ability. It just all worked from the beginning. I don't think it would work in today's world, but the scenes mm -hmm. with him and Lloyd, it's just <laughs> if you want the best 30 minutes of your life, just go to YouTube and be like Ari Gold Lloyd. Just like then they're just like they're they're exchanges, they're highlight reel, and it is it's all time. You're right, probably have a little tougher time yeah, in this day and age, but back in the golden days, it was all time. Yeah, and you know, I, I look, I agree. Probably there's no executive that would be cool with all that right now. It'd probably be a hard time getting it. But what I always go back to is what made those two characters work so well. Yes, it was hysterical, but they also did. They loved each other. Ari loved Lloyd. Lloyd loved Ari as friends and working. You know, it just it was a great relationship. Yes, there was verbally abusive, but um, they definitely cared about each other, which proved out in the end. So uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if that gets done today. That's how all loving relationships work. <laughs> uh, it's based on Wahlberg's life, like loosely. And there's a real dude in real life who is like the turtle character. How much did you like talk to him and try to be like, did he influence how that character was made and how how uh, Turtle acted and all that? Yeah, that was a big thing because, you know, it was, I think initially it was supposed to be even more closely based to Wahlberg and his crew. There was a a version of Entourage that was a little bit darker. And I think uh, Kevin Connolly wants to do this on the Victory podcast where they recap episodes where it was almost like Entourage meets Sopranos a little bit. I think the Turtle character which I think if they did this version would have been uh, Dom Lombardozzi, who actually was on the show and from The Wire, great actor, one of my best friends. And I think it had like Turtle grabbing Ari by the throat, <laughs> being like, you better get this, you better get this contract done, Ari. I'm going to break you. Like, I think it was a little bit like that. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I forgot the original question because now I'm just thinking about I would never have gotten that part uh, if it would have <laughs> been that version. Oh, yeah, just the the turtle character and like oh, if he yeah. like if he watched you like like no no I would say it like this or I would I would act more this way. So yeah, once it was the lighter version and it was us, uh, some of those guys from Mark's crew were definitely around. It's funny because I can't tell you who the one guy is that Turtle was based on because there was like fifteen guys at one point that were claiming, oh, you're playing me. Uh, I do know there was a Johnny drama. His name is drama. Like that part was adapted and is pretty legit. Uh, I think he was Mark's trainer. Uh, I think we were all combinations of some of Mark's friends and some of our show creators friends, uh, Doug Allen. None of Mark's boys are Giants and Knicks fans. I can tell you that. And Yankee fans, you know, throughout. Yeah. And throughout the whole process of Entourage, like how much was your off air clothing style? Similar to what you wear in Entourage, because you had the the throwback hats, the jerseys, all kinds of different stuff, the Kangol's going on, everything. So I, I can tell you what was influenced. I, as a kid growing up, I always wore jerseys. I just, I that's just part of it, like the culture in Brooklyn back then, and also I just loved it. So yeah, I mean, I had a Jason Kidd Dallas Mavericks jersey that I still have from his rookie season. Uh, I had a Ricky Waters Eagles jersey. I had some weird ones, but the jerseys were definitely part of me. But something started happening where I, I would accidentally get photographed. Like if I'm leaving set or walking on set and there's paparazzi and they take pictures, they would almost sit like there was like a jorts run that Turtle had where he's wearing jean shorts that were down to his ankles. I never wore that in my own personal life. That's a certain <laughs> choice. That was not my style. But uh, yeah, if you go Google image some pictures of me, it doesn't really say I was shooting that day. It looks like that's how I dressed all the time. But the jerseys were definitely part. And the Yankee hats. The Yankee hats was all me in real life, because uh, I actually disagreed 
with what they did with the character. In my world, you tell me if I'm wrong. There's only one Yankee hat. It's the blue one with the with the white yes. hat. But Turtle used to match his hat with the sneakers, which is not anything I would do. He'd wear a green Yankee hat, a red one. It's whatever matched the shoes. That was all wardrobe. That wasn't that wasn't me. Stay on the shoes for a minute. I got a couple questions coming later about that. But what did you get to take with you? Because Turtle got a he got a mean shoe game. I definitely have some. Uh, some Jordans I took from over the years. I mean, the 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 crown jewel, of course, is the gold Fukijamas. I don't know if you want to go there now. They're in this office, and I usually lock them up in a safe because a quick story with those is uh, that was commissioned by a real artist, Mark Smith, who does you know stuff for Nike all the time. And there's only five of the gold ones in the world. They made one for each of us, but I have the ones that I'm holding on the show. But someone, I don't know who, sold theirs a while back and most recently i think they auctioned off at like sotheby's for like over 100 g's uh not mine like i said mine are still here i think i know whose they were i'm not gonna put anyone on blast like that but uh yeah th that's the crown jewel ones those gold fukijamas i get people offering me crazy amounts of money for those regularly yeah have you ever worn them in real life ever been on the feet in a public setting no, not in public. I put them on in the house once to take a picture in them for uh, this other pod I was doing. But no, those have never touched uh, civilian ground. I almost wore them. I thought this would have been cool. I was going to wear them to the Entourage movie premiere on the red carpet. As like, all right, if I'm sad. ever going to wear them, that's the time. But I, I, I punked out because I'm already thinking about the after parties. going to be hundreds of people. I at one point had someone ready to like wear them on the red carpet and then boom, they go in the box and someone takes them back to my, to my safe. So I just put, I pussied out from the whole, from the beginning, I shut it down. Oh, that would have been sick to wear them on the red carpet for the movie though. But when you, when you found out season eight was going to be the last one, like wrapping up that last bit of shooting, like how emotional was that? Cause I mean, that, that was a historic run. And I mean, as far as we know, I mean, it's going to be one of the greatest shows we've ever watched, especially during our generation. I think I cried. <laughs> I can tell you on that last day, I definitely cried. I, I think I was the only one who cried at least in front of everybody because you got to remember too, most of the people who worked in our crew have been on the crew since day one or season one. So you, you, know, you know each other at that point for almost 10 years. And I just always appreciated it, guys. Like, you know, and, and I think the other guys did too. But for me, I think I always knew I was never in a rush to leave set. Sometimes when you rap after a 13 hour day, you know, it's work, right? Guys get in their cars and they're out. It's like, I, I'm going home, I'm going, I'm going to dinner with my girlfriend or whatever. I just always lingered around because I think deep down, I always knew no matter where I go, even if I'm starring in Marvel movies after this, whatever my career goes, I don't know if it'll ever be better than this because it's the first one for me and it just, I just don't, and I, I I don't think it's ever been as good. And I've had a lot of great jobs since that. I was on another show for seven years and that show was amazing. It brought me back to New York, but it was like the first one. I was a baby. So I cried, Colt, but it was nice knowing it's our last season. I guess when you see athletes do their victory tour, it's like, oh, it's Dwayne Wade's last game in Utah, you know? And he's we kind of had that. We, when we were shooting at all our locations and the Earth Cafe and all those places, we had a lot of those. Last time we're going to do this. So it, it was it was pretty cool to wrap it up the way we did. But then the movie happened, so. And Jerry, I just had a brilliant idea here in regards to the Fukis, okay? The debut, they come out on civilian ground. The premiere of the reboot, 
tell me there's a lot of speculation on this where do we stand i think every 30 to 50 year old male in the world we need this dog we need this okay this is a great conversation because yes it does come up once or twice a year we're coming up next year and i'm, I'm gonna do something special one way or the other is 20 year anniversary since the pilot aired you want to feel old to july mm. 2004 the first episode yeah. aired um look i'll never say never of course it could happen. I didn't think there'd be a movie and that happened. I will say heavy on the word reboot because we can't all be living together in Vince's house in our 40s <laughs> and some guys in their 50s. I almost think you got to take a Cobra Kai approach. I don't know if you guys ever watched Cobra Kai. Yeah. They did a really good reboot where there's younger people brought in like the next generation, but then you have Ralph Macchio and Johnny. They're the old heads, right? I think if you have maybe like Vince's younger cousin or a nephew, or maybe there's just some, you know, a musician or a golfer or something, a new entourage, but we're the resident old heads to provide the wise wisdom. I like, I like that. I'd be here for that. Is it in discussions? Is this like an actual thing that could happen or is this just the internet no, being the internet? I, it's a little, I'll tell you, I think it's a little of both. I think it's the internet being the internet, but I will say that there is always discussions and it's always a, a a thing that's moving in the background and it takes literally one person to come in and just be you know what let's do it and then it's on its way well i'll it, take that i'll yeah, take that i will i, I will 100 be in um it's one of my favorite shows like i said of all time before we get to the nine gotta ask like what what do you got going on right now i know you're doing some youtube stuff because there is this little strike going on right now yeah uh i've been up until the strike i was uh i was writing and uh, producing the show for Netflix. Um, Courtney Kemp, who created the show Power, which I was a part of for six years. Uh, it's one of her new shows. Uh, she's over at Netflix now. So I was in a writer's room for nine months helping with that. And then, yeah, it was sad. May 1st, we had to go pencils down. Like I've, ne I, I've been a part of strikes before, but never a double strike where it's the writer's union and the actor's union. And no one thought, it, people thought it'd be over by now and it doesn't seem like it's close. So how am I spending my time besides being a dad? Yeah, I, you see, I love talking sports. So I've just been going live on YouTube and Twitter, just random times because I gotta do something and talk about something and I can't do anything really with that. So uh, yeah, you could catch me. I'm gonna be probably going live after this or maybe I'll wait till after the Niners game to defend my boy, Danny Dimes. Because everybody's attacking him out here <laughs> in these streets, counting his money. I love it. You can come on here anytime, chop it up sports if you want. Open invite. Well, what do you? So, are you guys gonna be doing episodes for the ride? I'm sure you discussed it already. What's the Ryder Cup schedule? I am so. I mean, that's an awesome trip. I wish I was coming with you guys. If you ever needed a third man in the booth, just to just to give energy and maybe even bring coffee, I would just love to see that in Rome. I'm Italian. I, that's yeah, a good, good point. point. Yeah. No, we're very excited. We're going to be over there all week. I'm actually doing some stuff for Sirius XM as well as our podcast, but it's going to be electric, man. Our first, both of us, our first time was at Whistling Straits two years ago. So never been across the pond to one over there. So I'm very much looking forward to it. I want to see how rowdy these Europeans can get. Yeah, that's, I, you know, I guess you don't really know how good you could be till you win on the road, right? So that's going to, and we hasn't 30 happened. 30 years. <laughs> 30 years mm. my gosh so yeah that's gonna be awesome yeah and we thought whistling we thought whistling was cool like and it was it was awesome the vibe on the first tee it feels like a sporting event as opposed to a golf tournament and to a man every person that's been to doing these things for 20 plus years like you think this is cool 
see go see one in europe like it blows this out of the water i can't so, wait to listen to i think you they're guys. super hyped yeah i can't wait to follow along and and yeah bring me there get just give me some behind the rope stuff like really i want to just feel how crazy that environment is we would love to have you out anytime Done. no doubt about that all right let's Done. get to the e9 real quick nine fun questions for you and we asked this to everybody you could be anyone for a day other than yourself who would it be dead or alive anybody over the history of time I think you got to go like Sinatra, right? That would kind of be amazing. Ooh. Just like if you throw it back and give me that time period as well. I go, I go Sinatra. Oh, that's a good answer. Yeah. That's a New York answer too. <laughs> Nobody's the coolest dude maybe to ever walk the earth and no one's ever picked him. We have yeah. all these young golfers. Everyone wants to be Jordan. Cowboy. The, also not a bad day, not a bad but one. the Sinatra. Dallas Cowboys just did a little Sinatra, a little New York, New York on them. Ooh. Uh, oh, Jerry. I gotta accept that. Damn, I dog. accept it. I accept it. <laughs> Damn. I have to eat this shit all the time, too, because the Broncos <laughs> suck and it's miserable for me. Um, all right, my first one. On Entourage, give me the guy who is most similar to the character they play and the guy most different from the character they play. Wow, that's that's tough. Uh I, I'm gonna say I am the most different, and I know that's an easy thing to say. You're separating yourself, but yeah, I I definitely didn't have the the ballsiness, the way Turtle like taught, would just go up to women not knowing he's not the best looking dude in the room. I, <laughs> I never had that quiet confidence that he has. So I'm going to go me with that. Um, I'm going to say Connolly with E, but just on like the business, they're very different, believe me. But on the business side, Connolly is a super savvy business guy. And that's something the E character, everyone always made fun of him. But if you really look at some of his business decisions, he was always kind of right. Yeah, he was Where? sharp. He was buttoned up. He was always on 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 his job. Yeah, in that deal. Also had fun. Respect. Okay. E. All right. Next. Next one. It doesn't have to be one of the main characters. Someone just who's made an appearance. Best golfer throughout Entourage. I'm gonna cross Phil off. We discussed. He, well, yeah, he, yeah. Sorry, of an actual actor, not a player. Okay. Uh God, it pains me to say it's Kevin Dillon. Oh no! One of the really? slowest back swing? swings you'll ever see. Google it out there if you're or if you're at your computer. A beautiful swing, legit single digit handicap. Uh, one of the slowest back swings you'll ever see. Doesn't even look intentional, but the dude could move it. He moves. It. It's a little baby draw. That was going to be one of my questions. Was his scene where he snaps the driver with Braid and he keeps taking mulligans and all? That. I was like, is that it? Because I've heard he's a pretty good golfer. I was like, is that his real swing or did he like you know make it? worse or whatever you know so here the, it up really quick episode. these are the things that stand out in my mind I, I could close my eyes and be there at five in the morning that morning and he, he jokingly but serious came up to me as we're walking to set it's like wait till you see this great acting performance to make it look like i suck at golf because i'm I, <laughs> and uh yeah he found it hard to suck at golf as an actor this takes talent yeah watch what i'm about to do watch what i'm about to do all right well that was kind of one of my next questions so i'll just throw a little uh audible here hot route all right give me you're in hollywood you play golf give me your dream foursome of like other people in hollywood if you're gonna go out and you're gonna go play riv or wherever somewhere in la go play uh okay it's hard not to include a, a golfer in that so i'm gonna throw my boy homa in there i'm gonna try and give him good vibes i've always wanted to play him. i gotta say too i've enjoyed all the youtube golf content that's out there in the world i'm happy for it. i don't know how you guys feel about it I'm not going to throw any of those guys in there. It's hard not to just do actors. Um, let's see here. Uh, all right. You know what? I'll throw JJ Watt because he also, I've seen him play on one of the on one of the YouTube golf things and he could actually move it. I want to like get guys on there that I could actually ask questions about what they do. Um, 
God. I'm running. That's it. I'm only at three. I need a fourth, I guess. Can we come back to that? I'll give you a fourth. It'll come to me. Yeah, we'll I answered the Sinatra we'll, we'll thing so nines. quick, too. That was a good that one. That was good. I like that. That was good. All right, next one. Favorite guest cameo of all the people that came on over Entourage. Like, who for you personally, like, you were most excited about coming on? All right. Uh, for me, it was Bob Saget. Because as a kid growing up, <laughs> Full House, I, I, I mean, that like every Friday night, TGIF, that was the show I watched. But then also, you know, you think of him as Danny Tanner from Full House, but then you don't really know much about his stand-up. And he has this whole other stand-up career. He's this whole other person, much more like himself. He came on that first episode and was instantly so funny. We knew, okay, he's going to come back for a bunch of episodes, and he did. And uh, it's, uh, he, he recently, a couple of years ago, passed away, which is obviously awful. But he, from day one was my favorite and he became a really good friend and just someone that uh, I've always had a great time with. Even when, no matter where you saw him, you were going to get a laugh. So uh, he killed it in Entourage too. The cock block by Bob, Bob Saget line also yeah, yeah. gets shouted out. I'm like walking with my kids. It's like, Bob Saget cock blocked you. I'm like, dude, my kid's four. Why are you yelling that at me? <laughs> that's awesome that's a good one for character they play being the most different from how they are in yes, real life Danny yes, Tanner yes. and Bob Saget like that's different ends of the spectrum here alright here's a here's a real one like a serious one for me uh, give me one role that you passed on or auditioned for and didn't get that you look back and you're like damn I wanted that one uh, okay and it's kind of recent um, <laughs> so there's a, a reboot for lack of a better word, they rebooted Magnum PI like five years ago, right? And I was, I don't want to say I got off or whatever. I was in the mix and it didn't work out for whatever reason. That's when I look at like, man, that show has been on. It's It shoots in Hawaii. Would have been nice to be in Hawaii for the last six years. And I just think they all made a boatload of money. So that's the most recent one that sticks out to me because uh, living in Hawaii, getting paid to live in Hawaii ain't bad. But uh, also, we just like had our first kid and all that. So that's definitely one. I don't really have that one that stands out that's like, oh, you were so close and it would have changed your career. All the ones I was close on ended up being fine, but I don't think it would have changed my trajectory much. I think you got the one. Yeah. I think so, too. After I think you're right. Pep talk. I think you're right. After that little pep talk from Marky. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. Better chance of seeing this person. Who, who has a better chance of sitting next to James Dolan at a Nick game? Reggie Miller or Charles Oakley? <laughs> I think you gotta say Reggie Miller at this point. Because number one, he'll I mean, probably he be in the build he'll be in the building calling the games. So he's at least in the building. I don't know. Uh, Oakley hasn't been at a game since. That I don't think that's ever gonna happen. <laughs> Maybe they'll patch it up one day. I would love it. Knicks fans would love it. I gotta go Reggie Miller, which is crazy to say. Charles no, Oakley is one of the most terrifying people I've ever seen in my life. I got to talk to him a little bit. I played in Derek Jeter's charity golf tournament in the Bahamas back in May, and Oakley was there, so I got the chance to meet him. And uh, definitely wasn't as intimidating as I thought, but I think he was just being that. But yeah, I can totally, I totally see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. And it sucks when like a New York legend and Nick Legend's like basically not allowed in the building. It's like you know, like oh Jordan can't come to the United Center. Uh, you know, that's a guy you want, I think, on your side. Look, as an ambassador i just that dude used to dive into the fourth row for a loose ball so uh he's a, he's all right by me yeah different era uh all right staying on the little cameo uh theme here with entourage of all the cameos of all the athletes celebrities things like that that came on who was the worst like who needed the most takes to get through their lines 
Oh. Or the most memorable. I don't have to say worst. No, worst is good. Worst like, would be fun, but if worse. you don't want to drag someone, we can rephrase the verb. I like the most takes. Like who messed who up? Who needed? Their lives yeah, who most. needed the most time to get through? I typically don't drag people. I know, but I know we're trying yes. to entertain here, right? Uh, oh man, can I just we'll answer? Can, well, I'm, listen, I'm not going to throw a name out there. And look, you feel free to criticize me. Ferrara's a pawn. He didn't want to put no one's name on it. He's scared. I'll take all that. All I'll say is there has been quite a few. <laughs> there has been okay, quite fair. a few. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I don't I don't have it in me to drag. I'm sorry. I know it makes for good content. That's my fault. If you don't want to have me back, I get it. It's okay. I no, just wonder if there's like a close buddy that you drag or whatever. But we get it. We get our same stuff. And I'm like, I don't really want to just trash somebody. Dude, catch a stray. Maybe a few more years uh, and I'll get a little older and not give a shit. And I'll be like, you know what? Let me tell you a story about blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to slip right there <laughs> yeah, and say it. Damn. it. He's a pro. He's a pro. Dude. All right. Last one. I'm going to put your math to the test here. Okay. Oh, Lord. What's the bigger number? The number of seasons of Entourage or the consecutive wins Dak Prescott has against the New York Giants. Oh, shit, Jerry. Such a dick. Get him. Such a dick. I got to go out ass. with a bag. Get him. I think it's got to be, I think, unfortunately, it's got to be Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Am I right? That's 11 for Dak. Give him a Super Bowl jab. Ask him about Super Bowls or something. No, we don't need to talk about that. Show's over. Hit him, Jerry. <laughs> it just pains me because I started off these bets. So, guy, remember, I was getting cash from you, Cole. It was beautiful. Yeah, I paid. And Cole always paid. There's no uh, doubt about always it. Always pays his bet. Always paid his debt with the Cowboy Giant thing. Well, I appreciate you paying it with us here at Subpar. That was yeah, really fun, too. man. Thank you so much. Listen, have a great time over there. Go USA. It's going to be fun. I'll be watching. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. All right, that was the man, Jerry Ferrara, a.k.a. Turtle, joining us. You know, I got to meet this guy back in 2008. I, I believe this was your first time sitting down with him. He's just a dude, man. He is so much fun to talk to. Yeah, you were talking about, like, what are you doing right now with the writer strikes? He would be a great New York radio guy. There's some crazy personalities out there that yell and scream. Everyone loves Turtle. You can't talk to him and not love him. He'd be a nice little breath of fresh air. And he knows, like, he ain't just like, oh, I'm from New York. Let me put on a, a Yankee hat or whatever. He's, like, true diehard fan and just... Getting into the entourage stuff, which I know you love too. Oh, I mean, I watched the show, dude. So good. That's the good part about getting old. Forget all the shit. I watch it once a year, probably from start to finish. It's the fastest show uh, in the history of television. And good hearing that the the remake, it's it's possible. It's not just internet like speculation. I could it needs ask, to happen. I could ask entourage questions all day. Oh, I just dude, love I'd... the behind the scenes stuff. So cool to hear. Um, really, really enjoyed. I know that's a little different one for us, but the guy loves golf. He'll be tuned in every second of the Ryder Cup. Um, so really appreciated him sitting down with us. Big Max guy. He loves Max. Only. Loves Max. Who doesn't love Max? Exactly. Um, let's get to some picks this week. No mm. golf. So strictly football. Lock our, in on what we know. Our expertise. We're back. I actually lost last week. So mm. two and one to start the year on subpar. I got this, back. I got back got in the winner's circle, though. So there's some chicken handed out. And you picked the hits. So there was a lot of chicken handed out. fine. I was focused on the golf. Yeah. But we got a massive game this week. SMU, TCU, baby. My ponies are catching six and a half. The iron skillet is in play this week big boy on big boy big brother versus little brother six and a half you know which way i'm going dude. well of course i mean it's the lock of the week six and a half frogs start off a little slow a little better still not where we need to be at all but that means it's a good time to play smu i'll take the six and a half don't worry i Book like it. my boys Book it. maybe we'll film They're a little sneaky. video over in rome for the loser okay fair Do enough i'm embarrassing um for my pick though this week mm -hmm. okay i 
I struggled last week. You know, the dogs, they didn't take care of the Gamecocks like I was hoping they would. This week, I'm going with the Florida State Seminoles. Came out roaring against LSU. They're favored by two and a half over a Clemson team that just doesn't look good. Struggling. So there's, give me the Knowles. There's Dabo talk going on right now. Ooh, Has he lost the team? I don't know. I love that one when I saw. Also, perfect time for Florida State. They had a big lead on Boston College. Came back. Damn near could have lost that game to BC without a penalty late in the game. So you got their attention now, you know, like after a bad week, the next week they normally show up. I still think Florida State's one of the best teams in the country. I love that bet. I'm going for my other than TCU lock of the week. Give me the Oklahoma Sooners. They're giving a lot. They're giving 14 and a half, but they're giving it to Cincinnati, who barely beat Pitt for their one win. They lost, They just lost to Miami of Ohio. This is not the same Cincinnati team of a few years ago, also making their big 12 debut. And OU, when they get the opportunity right now, they're trying to put some style points up they are running it up on people they can run it up against and i think uh i think they're going to do it again this week against cincinnati kind of first taste for cincy of like big boy football in the big 12 um i'll take the 14 and a half all right well that's what the experts think yeah, and, that, and that's going to do it for us by the way the cowboys are going to win the super bowl no big deal another dominating performance over a new york team we'll talk to you on next week's subpar <laughs>